It's two days after the uh, March for Life in Washington, D.C., in which so many gathered to, uh, to demonstrate the, uh, the joy of life that God gives us, as well as demonstrate our disgust for uh, the pro-choice agenda that is so rampant in our country, in our world. And so many, 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 many folks take a stand for what is right. But two days later, we're going to also talk a little bit deeper about some of the suffering that's involved with that today on Deep in Scripture. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deep in Scripture. I'm Marcus Grody, your host for this program. Thank you for, especially those of you that join us often, thank you for your emails and other ways that you let us know that you listen to this program. I do pray that this is an encouragement to you to uh, encourage you to get deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ and his church through the study of Scripture, recognizing that there are many ways that our Lord speaks to us, both through his written word, through the deposit of faith, the entire deposit of faith of our of our wonderful uh, uh, church, uh, but also through our relationships with other people. And sometimes when we we hear the experience of others as they go through trial and as they, by grace, recognize the touch of God's hand in their life. It inspires us. Many people in this world, when they encounter great trial, get caught up in, um, you know, why me, Lord? Uh, what did I do to deserve this? Or they focus on others that her life seemed to be going so well, and then that puts their own life in an even more negative perspective. Why me? Why me? Why me? And when they see something good happen, they often miss not only the touch of God, they may call it a coincidence, they may... they. Excuse me. They may miss that touch of God, but they also may miss the touch of God even in the midst of the suffering. They may not see any meaning for the suffering. And I suppose I shouldn't just point fingers to others because all of us, when we go through difficult times, do we see God's will, God's purpose, God's mercy in the midst of suffering? That's a bit of what we'll discussed today on Deep in Scripture. I presume so because our guest on Deep in Scripture today, who I've had on the Journey Home program several times, uh, is a joy to have on the program. And uh, the coincidence, that's her name, Joy Pinto. I've had Joy and her husband, Jim, on Journey Home several times. I've had Jim on Deep in Scripture. They are familiar guests on other EWTN programs, including their own radio program. And so many of you are familiar with both uh, Jim and Joy and their witness. And she's joining us alone today, which is good in the sense that I want to have time for her to share her own journey with our Lord Jesus and his church, particularly in the context of the suffering that she had to go through in that journey. Joy and her husband have a website, jimandjoypinto.com, to let you know if you want to contact them or find out more about the work that they do. Joy is um, an evangelist for life. Um, she's the marriage and family co-host uh, to a radio program called At Home with Jim and Joy. Um <clears throat> And she's the director for Her Choice Birmingham Women's Center and a crisis pregnancy center. And so she's very much involved both with helping women face what they might consider a difficult pregnancy, a difficult choice. She and her husband are there to help them, but also to help those who've had abortions to face the aftermath, which is a whole lot more difficult than many um, anticipate. Joy was born and raised in Gutenberg, New Jersey, and is one of eight children. She's married to Jim Pinto, 
And that happened back in 1977. They are blessed with four children and nine grandchildren. Residing in Fairfield, Alabama, the Pintos seek to incarnate the love of Jesus Christ to their predominantly African-American neighbors. Joy is an advocate for quality education, care for the poor, the unborn, and women in crisis. She is one of the founding members of the Missionaries of the Gospel of Life Lay Associates. Joy's extension of Christ's love flows from a deep intimacy with God as revealed through the scriptures, church tradition, Holy Spirit, and sacraments of the church. And uh, she is, and this says it in her bio, but I agree, she's a gifted communicator and a teacher who passionately and joyfully proclaims the gospel of life, marriage, and family. Her appearances on EWTN, both television and radio, have made her a familiar voice for life, marriage, and family throughout the world. She's a member of the Cathedral of St. Paul, Birmingham, Alabama, a pastoral associate of Sanctity of Life Ministries. Her gifts of teaching are extended through dynamic presentations, retreats, and prayer counseling. She shares numerous teachings on the spirit-filled life and practical Christian living. Among her most popular teachings, Treasures in the Darkness, the Gospel of Suffering, and My Journey Home. And I think she's going to touch a little bit of that on our program today. She's also the executive director of Her Choice Birmingham Women's Center, Crisis Pregnancy Center, as I mentioned earlier, where she assists women in crisis pregnancy and post-abortion healing. She is a cancer survivor and is learning joy in the midst of suffering. It has been a difficult journey, but one she would not have missed for anything. With the depth of her faith strengthened, she is more in love with her grooms, Jesus and Jim. Joy is a Christian optimist and lives in the assurance that the best is yet to come. And so I think it's great to have her on the program today. And, and I do know from some of your emails that what she has to discuss today will be an encouragement to you. She's chosen for her scriptures today two portions of scripture. The first comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 6. Let me remind you, those of you listening, that if you go to the Deep in Scripture website, all of this is there available for you to read and follow along. And you can get to that by going to chnetwork.org, our website, and then click on the Deep in Scripture link. Romans 5, 3 through 6. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And then she also chose Psalm 27, verse 1, and then verses 7 through 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Thou hast said, Seek ye my face. My heart says to thee, Thy face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not thy face from me. Turn not thy servant away in anger. Thou who hast been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me but the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yea, wait for the Lord. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. Next time on The Journey Home, join Marcus as he welcomes former Church of Christ pastor Evan Emerson to the show. See how the Holy Spirit led him from preaching in his faith tradition to his true home in the Catholic Church. That's on the next Journey Home, only on EWTN.
The journey home is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. If you enjoy the Journey Home television program on EWTN, you'll want to purchase a copy of Marcus Gerdai's book, Journey's Home. Journey's Home contains the conversion stories of men and women who, as a result of their surrender to Jesus Christ, heard a call to follow him more completely in the Catholic Church. Many of them were Protestant pastors or missionaries. Others were laymen who, though working in secular jobs, took their calling to serve Christ in the world very seriously. To order your copy of Marcus Gerdai's book, Journey's Home, simply visit our website at www.chresources.com or call us toll-free at 1-800-664-5110. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grodi, your host, joined today by Joy Pinto. Hello, Joy. Hey, Marcus. It's good to have you on the program. It's wonderful to be on with you and your listeners. I am guessing, though, that your environment in Birmingham is a little warmer than mine up here in central Ohio. It is, and we have no snow on the ground <laughs> today, who said, but who knows? Yeah, that's right, although you did have some. We did, Not and you know, ago. in Alabama, when it does snow, the state literally shuts down. School closes, <laughs> business closes, you know, it, it's a disaster down here. But it's fun for about a day or two. Well, thanks for breaking from your the usual busyness there at the Crisis Pregnancy Center um, and, and taking our time for the radio. You've chosen a couple of scriptures that, to me, make sense given your background, but I'm thinking some who are listening may not. It's, it's possible. We might have someone listening that has not heard your journey or your husband's to know the background. So maybe it's good for you to explain why, in general, you've chosen these verses given the kind of a journey that our good Lord has put you through. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I think, you know, the the beauty of our life in Christ is that the journey continues, yeah, and it's yeah. never over until right. we see him face to face. And so um, all the things that he's brought us through, there's still more to go. <laughs> and so when we go through suffering, um, or when there's times when we have to persevere in our faith, it's important that we know it's for a season, and God's in charge, and I need to be, all that I'm responsible for is my response to the situation. I am a convert to the faith, and um, uh, Jim, my husband of 33 years, was an Episcopal priest for 22 years, and, but he was born and raised Catholic. So his journey, he reverted to the Catholic Church, taking with me and our, three of our four children, uh, and we converted to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Um, which was a, a very painful journey, but it was uh, of obedience. And uh, I knew it was right. I didn't always know where what it was going to look like. Still don't know what it's going to look like, you know, because it's unfolding and it's opening. Yeah, maybe I'd like you to explain that again a little bit. You said it was a very painful. I'm, I'm thinking that there are people that might be listening that let's, let's, that maybe right now are at where you and I both were at one point where we had no desire to become Catholic and, and their th thought was, well, if it was so painful, then why do it? Right. Well, I, the, the reason why I did it and, and the reason why I'll do anything <laughs> that God wants me to do <laughs> is because I love Jesus. Yeah. And I fell in love with Jesus at the age of 17, and I haven't gotten over him yet. <laughs> and it really is a life of obedience. And um, that doesn't mean we get to understand everything. Nowhere in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, does it say anywhere, aha, when Joy Pinto understands it, she, then that gives her freedom to obey. That's not what obedience is. Obedience is believing in things, yet I cannot see. That's my hope. That's my faith. And, um, and so I get to test out my hope and faith for eternity here on earth and and just following and, and loving God, no matter what the cost. And so the, the pain 
of the journey, in that part of the journey, was because I was leaving a very familiar um, faith and, and people. I loved the Episcopal Church. I loved our community. We were um, with one church for 22 years and loved our people. But uh, Jim was on a journey of authority and truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I, he challenged me in my faith and in my journey of authority and truth. And, um, and so as he was journeying, I was journeying. It was the journey of our marriage. It was a journey of our faith. And, um, and at some point I just said, you know, I don't understand it all, but I believe that to be true. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going because it's right. Mm-hmm. And, um, what, and the big question for me in the, in the Episcopal Church, and the reason why we left, was, was authority. Yeah. And who was in charge of the church? And, you know, did Jesus leave somebody here on earth in charge of the church, or were we just supposed to figure this thing out and, and wander ab- about through our life, you know? And so when I came to terms with, yeah, maybe God did give a special grace and, and charism to the Roman Catholic Church and, and to the seed of Peter and all that to be true, then I had to follow and leave mm-hmm. what I loved, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that, you know, I had to do that when I became a Christian because I have seven brothers and sisters and I loved my family and my mother and father, but Jim was called to go to seminary. So I had to leave my father and mother and sister and brother and come and follow Jesus and, and go to seminary as his wife and, and you know, be his helpmate and, and do that. So, you know, all along the journey, you know, the Lord is always calling us as Christians and asking us, do you love me more than this? And, and, and we get to follow him, and we just say, yes, I do. I love you more than this. And, and one of the things I walked away from for, as a woman <laughs> was I lived in this beautiful 12-room English tutor right across <laughs> the street in the Episcopal Church. And oh, yeah. it was a lovely salary, and the pension was nice, and, you know, all the things that make me and being a pastor's a woman wife secure, was, you know. Being a pastor's wife was a good thing. And being a pastor's wife was a wonderful thing. I loved my life. Mm-hmm. I loved my life. I loved our people. I loved our ministry. We had a community ministry. Right across the street from our home was our soup kitchen, where we fed 150 people every day for 15 years. I mean, it was our community. It was our people, you know. And, and, then, and it was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. And God said, enough. I, I need, you need to walk away from this and follow me. I'm trying to remember at what place in your journey was your struggle with cancer? My, well, it was right when I became Catholic. Okay. I, um, we left the Episcopal Church, and um, in 2003, um, we left the Episcopal Church, and I started working at a Catholic church, and I was hired there as uh, the lay associate, you know, running the church. The church was without a pastor, uh, without a Catholic priest, and we would have, um, you know, priests come in every Sunday and just do Mass for us. Mm-hmm. And I helped run the church from Monday to Saturday, and that was my job, and I loved it. And I was, in, uh, I was at that position for probably about a year and a half, and I got sick. And um, I, I just wasn't feeling good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just because I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And, um, and kept going to the doctors until finally they discovered that I had stage 3 colon cancer. Wow. So I had just come into Catholicism, mm-hmm. and then a, about a year and a half in, I got diagnosed with um, stage 3 colon cancer. So it mm-hmm. was my introduction to suffering, yeah. and in a, in a whole new light, sometimes in Protestant land, you have, um, you know, it's because you don't have enough faith. Yeah, yeah. That's why you you know you have this and 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 sometimes you hear from people you see God's punishing you because <laughs> you became catholic. Yeah. And uh, I don't uh, think you're a Christian anymore. And I mean people actually wondered about my salvation and um really were praying that we would come back to the other side and we would find our mind and our faith again, <laughs> you know. And so you, you go through that, and, but I, when I was diagnosed with cancer, 
um, I had immeasurable, uncalculable peace. And, um, and I, I think it was because I was, I was at a place of total surrender to God <laughs> that I believed that nothing was going to happen to me that my father did not allow. Yeah. And that uh, this was a time when I had to embrace the suffering and that allow the Lord to do a greater work inside, uh, open up another dimension of my interior that I didn't know existed and that we only get to encounter when we suffer. And now, you know, being married 33 years, I've suffered in my marriage, and as I'm sure many listeners have out there, you know, we, we suffer, yeah. we, we journey together, we, sometimes we get each other, sometimes we don't, and, you know, you, you go through that. You suffer with our children. I mean, I've suffered with my children. Not all of them have been um, wonderfully obedient and did everything I wanted them to do. <laughs> and, you know, your children give you heartache. Yeah. And um, and so I, I've experienced that, but and and all those all those uh, are opportunities to to grow in God. And I always tell my children, everything that you went through, I went through, hmm. and it made me the mother that I am today. And I thank you because one of the things that my children taught me was how to love unconditionally. Hmm. Because sometimes as a parent, you know, we fall into this place where if they're good and they obey, I love them. And if they're not good and they disobey, maybe I don't like you so much today. You know, but that's not the way God loves. You know, God loves us unconditionally, 100% all the time. And he he weeps for us when we choose sin. And and his heart breaks. and, and, And he believes the best for us. And I, I had to love that way. And it's not a pretty thing when the Holy Spirit shows you your heart and says, I don't love like you, and yeah. my ways are not your ways, and now do you want to do better? <laughs> you know, because I believe I was made for more. I was made for more to love. I didn't want to love that way. I wanted to love the way God loves. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I can only experience that when my children broke my heart. Yeah. You know, right. and so that was an opportunity, you know, and not to, um, and some families, their response is different, and, and then division sets up, and, you know, it's kind of like, if you would have loved me, if you would have just loved me, then that would have been okay, but, you know, you blew that opportunity. It's like, you know, you only had one chance, you know? Well, that's why when I, I began the program, I, I said with a little bit of a, a laugh, you know, to tell us what God put you through. and a little Because there's a sense in which uh, that the things we go through are a part of how God is drawing us to Him. Right. Sometimes it's even suffering that right. God allows. It, it, it's, it's, it's a real fine line. Did he allow it or cause it? Because we know he loves us, and, and sometimes he's got to knock down some pretty thick walls to get our attention. Now, Joy, let's take a break. Okay. We come back. We'll look at Romans 5 first, but what I'd like you to do when we get back, I'm not sure how you were planning to look at this, but what I'd like to do is I want to begin with verse 5, mm-hmm. apart from everything else. Okay. I'm going to ask you in verse 5, given especially your work in the crisis pregnancy world, is verse 5 true? Mm -hmm. We won't talk about 3 and 4 yet. We'll just look at 5, and then we'll jump in why 3 and 4 are necessary to get to 5. Perfect. Okay? Okay. We'll we'll jump at 5 when we get back. Okay. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grota. I'm joined today by Joy Pinto, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. Next time on EWTN Live. The traditions of the church can be seen in many artifacts that have been kept throughout history. Tune in when Father Mitch talks with Father Kevin Lutz, who is preserving many of these items in the Jubilee Museum. That's on the next EWTN Live. EWTN Live with Father Mitch Pacwa is seen and heard around the world. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. 
follow the compelling journey of one man who became a Church of Christ minister and found himself entering the Catholic Church. Bruce Sullivan shares his conversion story in his new book titled Christ in His Fullness. In this book, he communicates a passionate love for Christ and the inexhaustible treasures of grace found in the Catholic Church. Perhaps you, too, will discover the same riches in the fullness of Christ. To order a copy of this book for yourself or a friend, please visit our website, www.chnetwork.org, or call us at 1-800-664-5110. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, joined today by Joy Pinto. And let me remind you that the website for Jim and Joy is www.jimandjoypinto.com if you'd like to find out about all the stuff that they're involved with. Joy, um, verse 5, Romans 5, verse 5. In fact, that sounds like it's an easy verse for people to memorize. Romans 5, 5, and it says this, Hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. Joy, given all that you've been through, and especially the work you're doing now, is that true? It is true. And it becomes even more tangible, measurable, um, and opportunities to be a channel of hope. Um, I work at a pregnancy resource center in downtown Birmingham, Her Choice Birmingham Women's Center. And... um, we this year have serviced uh, 600 and over 600 clients, um, women who come in who are afraid and who need hope, and and who need comfort and who need love. And for him, you know, for us, and in, in this world, in this culture of death, we need hope. We need people who say, "Honey, this is not the end of the story." You know, today you've come in here, and I mean, I have clients who come in who are post-abortive, and then they find themselves in another unplanned pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So you're dealing with a client who now um, has to deal with her her abortion, and now she's in another unplanned pregnancy, which is very common, Mm -hmm. which is part of of the cycle of of death in their lives. And, And you get to actually bring hope to somebody and you see their lights change and and their whole countenance change from the time they come in and sit in that chair when you can just share the hope and the love of God with them to say it's going to be okay (laughs) and um, most the probably the their biggest obstacle is telling their parents you know so they'll say to me well tell me how am I going to tell my parents and I'll say there's no perfect time to have this conversation. You can't wait for Venus and Mars to line up. Like, you know, I'm going to create this perfect environment to share this. This is information your mother doesn't want to hear. But she's going to get through it because I, too, was one of those mothers. And so I'm able to say, this this is the reaction. You just let your mother have her response. (laughs) It's her response. She can have whatever kind of response she wants. But in time... She will get through this, and so will you. And, you know, we present to them the, their three options of they ha- come up with an adoption plan, mm-hmm. they have an abortion, or they parent their child. When we bring up the abortion plan, uh, we're talking all about the risks and the mm-hmm. damage that this is going to do to their lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, a part of the suffering, even in, in this context, is... One of the things I'm learning as I'm in this a year and a half as the director, I've been a sidewalk counselor for years, um, was a sex and family education presenter in the public schools. This is just another arena that the Lord has brought me in. You know, been to jail, Jim's been to jail, (laughs) we've been sued. You know, I mean, just a whole bunch of things have happened to us because we have chose to identify with the least of these. And um, and so the sufferings that fall upon them do fall upon you, and mm-hmm. and 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 you just you count it all joy. I mean, you really do because you're thinking, I, I I could save somebody's life today. 
you know, I'm not going to stop abortion tomorrow. I wish that I could, <laughs> but I'm not. But I can make a difference for one today. And that's, 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 where, that's my hope. That's, that's the day-by-day day thing that, that keeps you going when you go into that clinic. Uh, just to remind the audience again, verse 5 is, again, one of those verses it's worth memorizing. Hope does not disappoint us, and which, which is interesting. It's not a guarantee like the one saved always saved perspective of, of a certain branch of, of Christianity, but it recognizes that the, our hope is not placed on the fact that I did something 20 years ago when I came down to a football stadium and accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. This is the hope that focuses on Jesus himself. That that's right. what our hope is built on because he is right. a trustworthy Savior. And it in this verse, it reminds us that the other reason why we can be certain is because of God's love poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has given, been given to us in the context of the New Testament, is that's what we've received through the sacraments right. of baptism. We have the Holy Spirit. Now, Joy, what's interesting in the irony of this passage, going now the entire passage, is that my guess is that most of the probably women that you deal with, the reason they've lost hope is because of the suffering. Right. And in this passage, St. Uh, Paul is saying that no, it's the suffering, particularly the way we face suffering, mm -hmm. that leads through this process right. of rejoicing and then endurance right. and character right. and hope. Talk about how that is so important so that our hope can truly be based on our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has given to us in the Holy Spirit. Well, it's so important because, you know, in, in this culture of death that we are up against, and, you know, we just celebrated the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, yeah. we... Well, we celebration is nation, the wrong word, right? <laughs> right? Cele I mean, we as yeah. a nation are suffering yeah. because we don't want to let this, let this affliction come on us. Mm -hmm. We don't want it. We don't want to go the endurance. We don't want to suffer. We want to make it go away. And so the baby becomes the scapegoat. So we as a whole society, I mean, as a parent, I mean, when we have children, it's, it's the children, you have to suffer. That's what commitment and love and sacrifice is. I mean, no mother wants to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning you know, and take care of a baby. You want to sleep too, but, but that's what love does. And so in this place where we're hopeless and we don't want the affliction, we don't want a minute of pain, we want this very convenient atrocity of abortion to come in and make all this go away, and we're going to get back to our lives. And we miss the opportunity, and I say this to every girl, this baby is not an accident. This baby may have been unplanned, but this baby is not a mistake. And this may be the very baby life that God wants to bring into your life to change your whole living life and your family's. Because that decision, it changes everybody. Everybody's going to have to adjust. <laughs> you know what I mean when a new baby comes in? Everybody is going to have to do love and forgiveness and, and all the hard things that we're going to have to endure to the end in in this relationship with the boy with the boy's family with you know what i mean and but and it will be a test to our own character that the love of god would come forth in us that there would be evidence that there would be evidence that wow jesus is alive in her she's doing the hard thing our culture right now says you don't have to suffer you, you had a feeling, you went with that guy. I wish I could tell you, Marcus, that girls were laying down with guys because they were madly in love with them, and they were committed to them, and they, if they got pregnant, they'd spend the rest of their lives to them. The language is, yeah. it's a hookup. I didn't even really know him. We were kind of talking, and the one thing led to another. We just hooked up for the night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and procreation is happening. <laughs> so it's not even about love now we need responsibility. We're, we're, that's gone. That ship's passed. Mm -hmm. We're about just hooking up, and we're about 
using each other, uh, you know, for for our own personal gain. He made me feel good that night. She made me feel good that night. And we're using each other as objects. And and then if something goes down, we'll we'll just get rid of it because nobody's committed, nobody's loving, nobody's suffering, nobody's caring, nobody's nobody's doing the hard thing, you know. And uh, but in the beginning of that scripture, it says, "But we have been justified by faith," you know. And this is where, you know, this is where mercy and grace mm-hmm. abound through the death and the suffering of one. You receive mercy and grace just as if you did not sin. That is good news. Mm-hmm. That's hope. <laughs> That's life. And, and we get to share that and to say, I know you think this is the end of the story, but it's not. And, and in the end, in time, this will be a bump in the road, I promise you. No matter what affliction we're going through at any particular time, with any situation, whether it's a, a spouse who's wandering away, whether it's a child who's left the church, whether it's an unplanned pregnancy, whether it's a physical suffering of cancer, whatever it is, we need to embrace it and to let it be what God has in store for it. God has a plan in it. There's something happening in it, and if we embrace it, instead of push it away and pretend this isn't happening to me, or anesthetize the pain with drugs, and with alcohol, and not recognizing the problem, you know, we miss that opportunity to be straight out before the mm-hmm. Lord and just say, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Just, just let it be done unto me, as Mary would say. I have a friend who, who's been an alcoholic. She's been sober for a year and a half. I can't tell you the beauty of this woman, who she is now, because for the first time in her life, she's doing her life without anesthetizing her pain. She's bearing the affliction of living, which we all have to bear. And the beauty of her character and and who she is and who she's becoming has been like this beautiful flower just opening up before her friends, just saying, wow, you're dynamic, you know? But, But we do that. We... We don't want to do the suffering. We don't want to do the affliction. We don't, we say, enough. <laughs> and, and we push it away. We miss the moment and the opportunity for the Lord to truly be clay in his hand and to say, shape me, mold me, mm-hmm. and that I may have the endurance to the end and that, that I would come out looking more like Jesus and less of me. To the end, to the end of our living days, however that manifests itself in our lives. You know, in these... Uh uh, four verses that you've chosen. They're very important uh, in audience. What you need to see, if you ref- take time on your own to reflect on these four verses, is that there are two things that are emphasized here and one that is not. And the two things are intellect and will, mm-hmm. and the thing that is not here is feelings. Right. And here's my point. Intellect we are to understand and to know what God is calling us to do. Will, we choose to act. Right. Feeling, that's not what we're talking about here. Right. When he says we rejoice in our sufferings, he's not talking about a feeling of happiness in the midst of suffering. That's not. He's talking about a choice to rejoice in the midst of our suffering in the intellect is what gives you the foundation to make that choice Mm -hmm. is the knowing the knowing that your suffering produces endurance and your endurance produces character your character produces hope and hope does not disappoint you choose to hope right and in the end the context is it was modeled for us because Jesus chose to die for us. Right. And the love is, again, an act, not this uh, you know, infatuation that drives these people to make the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, we need to take another break, Joy. When we come back, we may have time for the Psalm 27 passage, or we'll just continue to talk about Romans 5. Okay. I'll see what you want to do when we come back from the break. Okay. Okay. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi, joined today by Join Pinto. And you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. 
The Coming Home Network International is a non-profit Catholic lay apostolate dedicated to helping Protestant clergy and laity come home to the Catholic Church. It was founded by Marcus Grodi, the host of this program, as well as the Journey Home television program on EWTN. If you are on the journey and interested in learning more about the Coming Home Network International or know someone who's thinking of becoming Catholic, please visit our website, www.chnetwork.org, or contact us at 1-800-664-5110. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grodi, your host, joined today by Joy Pinto. Joy, I just talked, uh, I waxed for a long time about this intellect, will, and feeling, and I wonder if you want to reflect on that, because a lot of people misunderstand, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they're acting more out of their emotions rather than making the right choices based on what they have learned is, is right and good. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I'd like to really talk about is the, the Holy Spirit in that, mm-hmm. and now how we have to surrender our minds, our hearts, and our wills to the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, which has been given to us all in confirmation, in baptism, you know, when, and we need to activate it, you know, we need, we need to yeah. participate mm-hmm. with the power of the Holy Spirit, that it would be our counselor. We receive the graces through the baptism and through the other sacraments, to empower us to make the right choices is just that we listen too often to the wrong voices, the voices of the world around us uh, that discourage us, that reinterpret our sufferings as only seeing the negative rather than seeing the ways in which we're being strengthened. I mean, that's... It is so true. And, you know, one of the, one of the, the beauty of the whole, one of the beauties of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit has been given to us to be a counselor. You know that it's a Paraclete is going to come alongside of us and and help us that we're not alone. That's why you know Jesus said, "I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and you, you will you will have the power and the grace and the anointing and the authority to do what I'm asking you to do, to obey me, to love me, to lay down your life for the other, to." To deny your will, the will of your flesh, and to let you would unite the will of your flesh to the will of God. I mean, that's one of my daily prayers. Lord, I this day surrender my will, the will of joy, who can rule and reign in a heartbeat. I surrender her to you, and I surrender the will of my marriage, of my husband, and me to you, because we can make a mess quickly, you know? (laughs) And and so it's like the Holy Spirit is ours, and we don't have to be alone or afraid, or when we we go through trials and tribulations and sufferings in this life, which we will go through, we can say, God is with me. You know, when they came in and said, you know, you have cancer, you have a 50-50 chance of living for the next two years. Well, Mm. you know, I either crumble... I'd be fall into despair, or I say, I'm in a win-win situation. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Mm-hmm. Believe me, people who have been diagnosed with me, there have been more of them who died than lived. Just in the past five years, mm-hmm. of people who have been diagnosed with cancer at the same time I have, and I'm like, wow. oh my gosh, this is a miracle that I am alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and the, and the response is, if I live, great. If I die, great. I mean, I'm with Jesus in, in both instances. I am never apart from God. Never. I'm never apart from Him. And that's even in, in Psalm 27. It was such a, a comfort to me. And, you know, where I, you have to have confidence and goodness in the land of the living and wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. Don't move out ahead of the Holy Spirit just to wait on God. I didn't know it was going to happen, but God knew. And I, I either I believe that or I don't. And we find out what we believe and who we are about our faith when we go through sufferings and trials. And God is about forming us. And the beauty about Jesus, you know, in the Psalms, we talk about being the potter and the clay. And we are the clay in the potter's hand. And no matter what we've done, 
whether we've had abortions, whether whatever sin we have committed in this life, Jesus will never throw the clay away. And he stands before us all with great mercy and love and compassion. And at any point that we want to say, yes, Jesus, and repent and turn from our wicked ways, that he will comfort and heal our souls at any point, you know? And so we just don't want our confession to be a St. Augustine, so late if I loved you. I mean, do it now, do it now. Even the girls in the clinic who come in and, and they're full of shame and full of guilt, and they feel the worst about themselves. I have the privilege of to say, honey, look at me. And I'll say to her, you are a good person. And the life inside of you is good. And you know, Marcus, when I say that to them, some of them instantly start to weep. (laughs) Because it's the first time somebody's told them that they're good. (laughs) And they're not being good because they're putting out or they're not good because they're performing. They're just good because God made them. And they've been created in the image and the likeness of Him. Mm -hmm. And so they may have to go through this temporary affliction of of suffering and saying, I'm going to choose life, I'm going to bear this baby, maybe I'll come up with an adoption plan. Maybe I can't go through with this, but I, I choose to go on with life. And and so, and then there are days when we have girls who come in, who we do the presentation, they see their baby on the ultrasound, they hear their baby's heartbeat, and yet they say, I want to get rid of it today. Yeah, yeah. And then that's a suffering. I mean, you go through and you just, I mean, I go in the back, we have a chapel, and I weep. I weep. I go before the Lord. We have a, a kneeler and a crucifix, and I give my burden and my heart cry to the Lord. And I say, Lord, I I did the best that I knew how. I pleaded for the life of that baby. I I did all that I know to do. The result is yours. You can't bear that. I mean, you can't bear it. It's a, you would be crushed. You couldn't get back and do it again. You know what I mean? And I can't, you have to, I have to give it to the Lord. Well, I mentioned a little earlier that that struggle between our intellect and our will and then our emotions or feelings, which mm-hmm. drive us. But I can see that a good part of your work is informing these uh, these women and, and, of course, their, their other. The, right. You know, often it's not the husband to right. inform them so that they can make better choices because sometimes the choice that they need to make is totally right. contradictory to where their emotions are trying to pull them. Right. And uh, we don't have a lot of time, Joy, but I wonder, is there maybe one verse from the Psalms passage you want to mention? Well, I love in the beginning when it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Mm -hmm. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Mm -hmm. And three days ago, I had a client in the office, and she was there for another whole counseling session, and she asked me about fear. And I had said to her, You know, I just, I don't do fear in my life. And she said, what do you mean you don't do fear? <laughs> and I said, I, I really don't know what makes me afraid. Uh, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm a bizarre person that I'm not afraid, but it's very rare that I do fear because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who, what do I have to be afraid of? I mean, <laughs> they kill me, I'm with God. I mean, what do I have to be afraid of? And, and I really, you know, a cancer uh, indictment where they say, you got a 50-50, I wasn't afraid. Joy, this career that you, is over, I wasn't afraid. I had pain, but I wasn't afraid. Because <laughs> God was in my future. And I believe that wherever I am, my God is. And if I live my life in obedience and hope and trust in Him, I have nothing to be afraid of. That's right. You know that... He, I was going to say that verse 10, I really want to make sure we mention this. It's such a touching verse when you think in the context of of the thousands of abortions that happen over, all the time, all the time. And verse 10 says, for my father mm. and my mother have forsaken me, That's but right. the Lord will take me up. Right. I mean, that that has to be one of the assurances that keeps us going, is yeah. that our we have a merciful God that does not hold people accountable for someone else's sin. Right. 
you know, the mercy of our Lord, and mm-hmm. we lift these uh, innocent ones up into his hands, right. even though their mothers and fathers have forsaken them. Have forsaken them. Mm-hmm. Out of hopelessness and fear and guilt and shame and, and a great moment of panic, but even after women who have had abortions, there will be a day of regret, and it mm-hmm. takes a woman 10 to 20 years to come to terms yeah. with her abortion, but there's hope for them out there. There are wonderful ministries where women who are post-abortive who can get help, and all they have to do is call a 1-800-395-HELP hmm. if they in a crisis pregnancy, if they're post-abortive, and someone can connect the dots for them to say, this isn't the end of the story, and what, this, what the devil has meant for evil, God will turn it into good. And to be full of hope. And, you know, the, the Pope tells us that the women who've had committed abortions and who participated in this sin, that one day that they can be the most eloquent spokesperson hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. That's hopeful. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, otherwise you think you'd be cursed to damnation forever. You know, and it's like, who can ever use the likes of me? Well, today's in the church is the celebration of the conversion of Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, was there, was there a worse one? I mean, he killed the Christians, and look what God did with him. You know, and so that's why we can be full of hope and full of mercy, and to say, therefore, the grace of God go I, and, and be an extension of hope and life in our marriages, to our friends, with our children, when they think it's over and done with. You know, what a privilege just to say, I will bear your burden with you. I'm concerned for you. I love you. And with children and spouses and co-workers and and the culture of death. Yeah, in fact, one of the most hopeful words that uh, were ever recorded were the words of Jesus from the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. A lot of the people that had made those difficult decisions really didn't know, didn't realize. And that's our goal, as it is yours, to help them make an informed decision so they can stand before God without embarrassment. Joy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. uh, What a privilege. Jim and JoyPinto.com, in case anyone wants to contact you, right? Yes, that's the place. What time is your radio program on EWTN? We are on uh, 2 o'clock Eastern at home with Jim and Joy. All right. All right. Thank you, Joy. Say hello to Jim. Thank you, Marcus. God bless you. Okay, same to you. And all of you listening to this program, I hope this was an encouragement to you, especially if you are in the midst of suffering. Don't give up hope. Give it to God. He loves you. God bless.